campers. Ah. Woo! Hey, Elijah Bates. I'm here. Welcome back. I'm here. It's been a while. It's been, yeah, seriously. I think the last time I did the show, I, it was during <laughs> pandemic, actually. And uh, I, I was like calling in from like my garage. Oh, yeah. No, we're, like, we're, what's we were doing Collins. But it was also like that, like that type of thing where you're just, you're trying hard to engage in a conversation, but it just doesn't happen like through like Zoom and shit like that. It really doesn't. Like, Cause, like, cause it's nice to pick up on like facial tics or facial reactions and really see how somebody's like genuinely reacting. It, well, it's also like prescriptive, you know, like where it's like you have to like, you have to like talk at a certain point. You have to like wait. You have to like right, interject. Right. People talk over themselves and everything. It's just like it's it's nothing real. And I remember doing it, and being like, "Damn, this is really tough. <laughs> kind of sucks. No, it is tough." Kind of sucks. No, well, it's good to have you back. Well, it's good to be back in person, actually, too. <laughs> um, sorry, campers, I missed the last two weeks. Like, last week, I... What the fuck was I doing last week? And then the week before, it was my birthday, and I played golf. And it's just like, it took the, took the day you off. You don't work on your birthday. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> especially, like, you get to the point now where it's just like, dude, I'm not going to work for two weeks around my birthday if I can, like, if I can actually pull it off. Yeah, I like to milk my birthday till for, like, two weeks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, 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 on the day of, like, not a lot of work, and, like, cook a steak, have, like, a cupcake or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have two. And then uh, I went to Vegas last week, this past weekend. Where'd you go? Uh, to just stayed at the MGM. Nice. I was in Vegas a couple days ago, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got back on Sunday. Oh, wow. I was there. Wait, this past Sunday? Yeah. Like a couple days ago? A couple days ago. Dude, I came back last Sunday, too. (laughs) Fuck. You fly back? Dude, I wish I would have known you were there at the same time. Where were you staying? So it was my buddy. It was actually my buddy Ryan, who uh, was the the host of my old Wrestling Sheet radio podcast. Oh, got it. Okay. But he's getting married. I'm officiating his wedding. Uh, in like a month or so, but he has, um, this is, I don't think any disrespect to like his friends or anybody like that, but he was just like, Hey, I kind of need you to throw the bachelor party to make sure that it goes off the right way. Right, right, right. But dude, we like, so we rented a house, you know, with a pool off, like far away from like both, you know, Fremont street and, and, and the strip and everything just so we could have like a badass place to go. But it was owned and operated by this weird Russian dude named Alex who had like noise detectors. Oh, and, and wow. cameras everywhere. And like literally like a lightning storm happened at one point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what day it was. I think it was Friday or Saturday. Lightning storm happened. So everybody came into the kitchen. And w- while we were in there, <laughs> the noise detector went off and he called me. And I was like, what do you want me to oh, do? Man. Like we're just, we're literally in the congregating space of the kitchen. Like what if we were having Thanksgiving dinner here or something like that? And he was just like a nightmare. <laughs> he showed up there that second we were supposed to be out of the house. He was there at the door waiting to like usher us out and everything. Mm-hmm. And people were just like letting him have it. And, and, and remember Ryan was just like, there's so many things I would complain about this place about. And he was like, like what? <laughs> and he was like really, really hurt. Uh, well, I, is it just me or is Airbnb kind of like, uh, you, you, that's the risk that you run. You fucking have the host. You never know when they're going to show no. up. The guy could, you don't know if he has cameras. He's got noise detectors. You know what the, the one thing is? So like we, like my wife and I have an Airbnb and or, well, it's, you know, it's a oh, in Big Bear and Big Bear, which is a little bit more reasonable of a location, I think, to like actually do something like that. Cause there's no good hotels in Big Bear. Right. But, the, but the risk you run and we know this firsthand is like, Hey, you don't know how many times somebody's like farted on that couch. <laughs> you, like, and just, like even like the comforters and stuff like that that are there at nauseam like they're not getting cleaned every single time so it's just like you don't know who's been sweating in the bed right 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 like i mean and that's the same for a hotel but i think the reassurance with the hotel is that like 
They're going to clean your towels. They're mm-hmm. going to clean your sheets. Like you're going to have clean, uh, cleanish stuff. That you I can trust use. that maid service at hotels Dude, more. Me too. I just do. They're a machine. Like they, they are a machine. They know how to do it. And it's just like, <laughs> they clean better than I do. Right though. They're, they're incredible. I would love to have a hotel maid service. Clean my apartment. Absolutely. I'm just <laughs> like, I mean, that, that, that's maybe you should look into starting that business. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking great. They're so good. At, and I remember when I drove across country during COVID, all like that hysteria over like, make sure you wipe down your entire yeah. hotel room. Like, what? Yeah. Do you know how good they clean the room? Like, they're going to yeah. get everything. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I definitely, we stayed in an Airbnb in Paris one time. Um, and it was in a really cool area. But man, I got to tell you, like five days, it was super cramped, super small. And then like, you get to like day four with that towel. That hasn't been cleaned. It's yeah. just like you're, you're, it is doing you a disservice. <laughs> you may as well use your dirty clothes to like dry yourself off after you get out of the shower. <laughs> Seriously. Um, or like if, if it ever gets dire, have you ever just like dried yourself with like just a washcloth? Absolutely. Like just a tiny face cloth? <laughs> Absolutely. I have. <laughs> like, I mean, I've like, I, I've, I've dried myself with the bath mat before. Uh, yeah, I, no, I mean, when, when push comes to shove. Dude, it, you know, that's what's nice. Like a lot of times, like when I come back from surfing. In my house, I'll like have I, I have like just trash towels outside, mm-hmm. and I'll shimmy across the floor in them and everything. But the nice thing about having a trash towel like that is like, hey, just shimmy to the closet and grab another towel when you need to if you forget it. Yeah, seriously, it's a it's a wonderful thing. No man, that's um, that's why you don't get rid of towels. Like you always keep your shitty old towels. No, it's smart because you can repurpose them for so many things. Not towels, but you know, for something else. Was it just like I towel like towels have gotten thicker over time? Remember like towels when you were younger. <laughs> A little thin, a little on the thin side. Well, na- well, now, like when you buy a towel, you're like, I basically need this to be like, a, a, like the fur of a bear on me. Like seriously, like so thick that like you, you, if you use one side of it, the next day when you use the other side, it's like no water is permeated to the other side at that point. No, no, they've gotten so thick. Yeah, they were so thin, and then like when you stay at a Motel Six, that thing is that is it starch? It, can, it like scrapes the fucking skin off your body. <laughs> they should charge for that though too. It's like an exfoliator. No, it's like getting like a Turkish bath. <laughs> it's, it's so sharp. It's really uncomfortable. Wait, so what did you do in Vegas while you were there? Um, we just, you know what? It's, you know what? I, so I'm 41, and wait, first things first, I got to get a movie on. Um, but as I told you when you walked in, right now it is uh, Stargate. It's Stargate SG One. I did that the last oh, yeah. episode, so I'm just gonna do this. I'm going to go to uh, Shudder. Do you have Shudder? I don't, know. It's like a horror movie streaming. I'm just going to get a campy uh, horror movie on All here right. real quick. All right. But, um, so I'm 41, so, like, I was, but the thing is, I was never into, like, the uns, uns, take a bunch of Molly and yeah. do a bunch of below Vegas and stay up till 5 a.m. Yeah. And, like, get a bunch of hookers. That was never, like, my thing. Yeah. So, I, like, be, let's just do Slumber Party Massacre. Fuck it. Um, look at that weapon. Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's 2021. Fuck it. Well, it's, it's a new one. It's a remake. But um, I, was, well, I was never into that. But, like, the, the times I'd go to Vegas, the nights would be late. Yeah. Um, now I like responsible Vegas where literally, like, hey, we had one night that was late. It was the first night. Sure. And then the second day, you know, you're, jink- you're drinking and gambling all day. But, like, we were in bed at like 10 30 watching, watching tremors that's a beautiful thing too <laughs> it was great and i was like and then like we got up early and like got out of there i'm like i love i just i first of all i love that i was never into like that dark vegas where you're seeing the sun come up like i just i don't 
I don't love doing that. No, I, I, feel I didn't like even I, like it when you were supposed to like doing it. I, I fucking hated it. I feel like I lived so many of those days now at this point that to relive a day like that is to like relive a dream that you never wanted to actually have. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's just, it, it is, it is depressing. It is just like going to bed whenever it's daylight out. And then also realizing, Hey, you got like a whole nother, like 36 hours of this place left. Well, where is that? Where you're just like, this is going to be tough tomorrow. And yeah. I like my day two was tough. Like it was the type of thing where, you know, it's like, it's a bachelor party. There's people around. Everybody's like talking and joking and just having a good time. And I was just like, kind of like that stage of like, yeah, <laughs> like laughing at everything, but don't not, don't even have the cognizance to join a conversation. Just keeping my sunglasses on, making, yeah. taking all the cushions off of a nearby couch and just put it in my room like oh I'm making myself like a little lounge space but what I'm really doing is creating a place where I can die for a couple hours it, uh, no it, I had that concern when we uh, when we got up on Saturday because usually I just go to Vegas for one night yeah it's just a quick in and out yeah and we, I woke up sad. First of all, we woke up sad. So I wake up at like seven thirty. Yeah. To, to to and I'm usually at the door with her by like seven forty five. So that's when I get up. Even if I could, I could be up till three. Doesn't matter. And I'm still getting that's up. That's why you you have to force yourself to go to sleep at a certain point because you know you're getting up at that time. <laughs> right. That's the thing. I but I was I wanted to go to bed earlier because we had gotten up at five a.m. and played golf. Yeah. And then you that you're so you're drinking then, and then it's right to the casino to just drink some more and. And then we had this like big amazing dinner, and like I could have called it after dinner, but at the same time you're like it's night one, you're like your engine's running, and you're already you're already out. When you're already a little tuned up too, you're just yeah, kind of at that thing. stage where it's just like yeah, let's go somewhere it's else. Just it's the first night. Yeah. And so we went up to Fremont Street because I I prefer Fremont Street. I love I love Fremont Street. It's so just sleazy and yeah. gross. I, it's amazing. It's, it's the camp that I actually want from Las Vegas. It's yeah, like it's, exactly. You know, it's it's enough of the kitsch. It's a lot of the same bullshit. Right. But it's also like a little bit more condensed into its own space, and all the same shit is there. Ultimately, like everything that you need, is not there. their money's green. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> the same allow, thing. Right, it's the same stupid slot machines. They allow cigarettes inside. That, that, that still blows my mind, by the way. That no, I know. Like that, you can just bust in there smoking a cigarette. And nobody bats an eye. Like, it's totally normal in Vegas still. You would think that they would care. Yeah. Because not everybody's smoking. Well, I, like, I mean, you know, smoking has now become, like, that thing where when you see somebody doing it, you're like, oh, damn, they're smoking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in, seriously. Like, I mean, 20 years ago, it was just like, yeah, we were all smoking. Yeah, like, you could walk into, a, to like, a Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> like, a Waffle House. <laughs> like, remember smoking sections? Yeah, absolutely. I oh, did. my God. I, like, I lo- there was a charm to it. There was a, like, my, my parents had a restaurant growing up, but, like, that that they called piss and smoke because it said it smelled like piss and smoke inside. Right, and it right. was just like, but it was still that era where it was just like, yeah, there's a whole smoking section of the restaurant. I miss smoking section. And you walked in, that was the first thing they asked you, smoking or none. Yeah. It was great. Crazy that it was so commonplace at that point in time, too, that they were literally just like, well, you're categorized in two groups. You either smoke or you don't. <laughs> we let so many things slide. <laughs> But you know what, though? That was a golden era because you could have a smoke while you're eating your steak. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I mean, sure. like, there's elements of, like, I get all the health stuff, but there's elements of, like, where I still, like, pine to smoke on a regular oh, basis God, where yeah. I'm just like, man, the steak, this wine would go great with a cigarette right now. Well, especially, like, after. Oh, I, yes. Yes. But then the smoking section. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at this dude. There's no way that guy's the killer. The skinny. That guy's the killer, right? There. Look at that fucking weapon. Look at that. So this is an iconic like '80s slasher. I didn't even realize they remade it. Now he's done. Come on, blood splatter against the against the. 
window. Come on, let's get it. I'd expect a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> um, weak. But uh, was the smoker section? There wasn't like a. There wasn't anything separate. Like there was like a. It wasn't like another room. It was all in the same fucking dining room. Wasn't so it? I think it was technically like. So I, I think it just depends on where you go. I, as I recall, and again, I was pretty young. Whenever you know, like I mean, I, I think when smoking sections went away, it was probably before I was eighteen, at least. Um, like, yeah. I mean, it must have been tw- over twenty years ago, maybe twenty five years ago. And I recall going in, and it'd be like smoking is over here, non smoking is over here, right. Um, but but at the same time, it's like, hey, there are plenty of small restaurants where there must have just been like, yeah, we just have a fan right here. Well, I mean, do they, yeah, is there like a different air? Was there a different ventilation system? It, it's literally like uh, when you would walk into a restaurant during COVID and it's like you have to wear your mask on while you're walking to the table. And then yeah. as soon as you're at the table, yeah, you take like, it off like the COVID's just going to like go. They're up. just like, no, you're good. You're good. You're sitting at the table now. You're totally fine. I have to imagine if there's a fucking room and it's smoking's over there and non-smoking's over there, that smoke's going to drift. I would also say that I would rather dine at a restaurant where they're is a smoking section nearby than having to wear the mask in the restaurant again. Oh, for sure. Like that was, you know, I get it, but I was also just kind of at that point where it's like, I'm really glad not to do that. And I would put up with people blowing cigarette smoke in my face all the time. If I, if I just knew, you know, at that point I probably would have just been like, I'll take the smoking section. I don't care. I just don't want to have to wear this goddamn mask anymore. Well, I've never, I've never been like, ew, it smells like cigarette smoke in here. I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Not really. Well, mo- so many people have such like a negative connotation with it, but it was just like when I was growing up, just like everybody in my family smoked and stuff like that. Not my parents, but just like my grandpa and my aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. They all were like on my dad's side, at least they were all like heavy smokers. And so I think whenever, even whenever I smell it and, you know, I obviously went through like my whole stage of smoking and being around people who smoked and partying and stuff like that. But even now, whenever I smell it, I'm like, Oh yeah, it smells like grandpa Tom. I like, I, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like a, yeah, it takes you back. There's yeah. a total nostalgia to it. Yeah. I think that's why I still do it. You know, I, I, I don't do it on a regular basis. It mainly because like my wife hates it. No, you know, right. like, I mean, you know, since the last time I was on the show, you know, I got married and like, yes, there is. Took some, took some like major life evolution moments and everything like that. But my wife is like, unless we're in Paris, we can't smoke. And I'm like, well, yeah. we should book a trip to Paris then, I guess. Paris, you have to smoke. I think, yeah, I, Vegas, I, I, I you have to smoke. Yeah, like, I think so too. Like, you just, you just do. I, what do you think, though? And apologies if you've already discussed this before on the show. I am only recently, have only recently been introduced to like, Vape, like it is a form of like smoking, right? Right, and you know, like, and I will definitely say there was like, you know, I had access to one when I was in Vegas and I was taking some puffs off of it. And I immediately thought to myself, I'm so glad that I didn't have access to this when I was younger because I would just be all my breath would every breath I took would be like vape hits, basically. I so I never was it like a big one or was it like a jewel? It it was more, no, it was more like a one of those, it it, it was probably I, I don't know how to define it, but it wasn't like a contraption that you empty out and everything. It was like a disposable one that you buy at like the gas station. Oh, got and it, you know, I, I don't know how much they paid for it. It must have been like 25, 30 bucks or something like that. And it was like, ooh, 10,000 puffs or something like that. Got it, got um, it. But it was, it, it was like a small red thing and it was like cherry or, you know, black Black waterfall cherry. I don't know. Something stupid. I, I can't with the flavors. That, fucking dis- I don't even like black cherry, like anything, but yeah. I'm like vapor. You know what? There, there's an element of it where 
you can just hit that vape wherever you want, but smoking is a little bit more like, hey, you have to take a break. You yeah. have to go somewhere. You, go have, somewhere. you have to like, you're, you're smoking and everything. So it's a little bit more like focused mm-hmm. in what it is. Whereas people are just like, they have a vape and just like, they're hitting it constantly. all the time. Just like constantly. I immediately thought to myself, this is incredibly addicting. Yeah, I think it's more addicting because no, I mean, with cigarettes, you've got to get up. Put your jacket on. Go outside. Hey, it stinks. You need to make sure someone's got a lighter. It stinks. Yeah, too. It, smell, it like, really does smell. You get to the end of a cigarette and you're like, I got to get rid of this thing. Yeah. No, like that's the thing. Like as much as I love it, it does like your, your clothes fucking smell. There's there's no getting away from it. Like it stinks. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It smells to anybody who doesn't appreciate the stench. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's like when somebody else smells like your farts. You're like, oh, to me, these <laughs> right. don't smell that bad. I, I appreciate the individual character and everything like that. Somebody else smells it. They're like, you're horrible. Man, I don't, I don't enjoy anybody's, the smell of anyone's farts. I I don't enjoy, no, I don't enjoy, maybe, uh, I don't want to sound like weirdo here, (laughs) but like, I mean, I, I appreciate the unique quality of the stenches that come out of my body. (laughs) It doesn't mean that I wanted to sit there huffing and puffing on my odors and everything like Mm -hmm. that. Like I definitely, I hit moments all the time where like, um, cause like, (laughs) you know, we have like a membership at, at sweat yoga, which is like one of the kind of like trendy LA hot yoga places and it is awesome uh-huh. however I've noticed since I started doing it on a regular basis all of my exercise clothes smell so awful my mat smells so bad uh-huh. and they're like antithetical they're like the opposite of like my farts where they're like my farts are a little bit more like <laughs> I kind of want to find out what that smells like because it's like it's rooted in what 100%. I ate. but it's like your own BO you're like oh this is even worse than somebody else's BO yeah no it's true it's amazing that our scents that are just just as rancid as any other scent coming out of anyone you're just like give it to me yeah but literally someone else farts I'm just like I want to like fucking set them on fire <laughs> I, I you know occasionally occasionally at sweat as we call it um like you'll smell somebody else's bo and like it is like reprehensible and then so like i've recently like now got to the point where it's like damn i gotta buy like new detergent and stuff that's specifically mm. for just like sweat and like this rancid like you know bo quality that it's like and all these clothes by the way too i didn't buy like they're not like old gym clothes they're like expensive glory like you know nice active wear and everything yeah right where right. now i'm like damn like these shorts cost me 75 or 80 dollars and now they're completely ruined no i know gone are the days of just like mesh lacrosse shorts Gosh. like now you, it's like workout clothes are expensive yeah it's too it's too bad like i it, like i used to i feel like just wear whatever it'd be like sweats oh you yeah. know, like old, old, like t-shirt that I got in college. And now it's just like, I have like specific workout clothes. No, you want to look good. Yeah. We don't want to look like a piece of shit, like more than anything. I will also, but also like the, uh, like the, the shirts that like wick sweat. Yeah. That, that's nice. Yeah. No, then, it, as opposed to having like a, like a shirt that says like, you know, an old like Harvard law shirt. Yeah. that's just like dripping in sweat. I have like all these, uh. <laughs> I have all like, these pro wrestling shirts that are like Jake the Snake Roberts, and it's like a picture of Jake the Snake with a snake, or it's like the Ultimate Warrior, or like you know, the you know Undertaker, and all these people. And like I've just I have them, and so I'm like maybe I'll wear these to go work out. And it's like no, these are the worst quality T-shirts <laughs> that you could possibly buy. Although if I saw, like if I didn't know you and I was at the gym and I saw that shirt, I'd be like this guy gets it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Like, there is something. I mean, I'm trying because I don't go to a gym. I just, I just jump rope here. But uh, it's weird. Like if I, but like if I went to yoga or I went to go do Pilates, like I wouldn't want to roll in. I don't know. Yeah, you kind of want to do like 
At least put a little effort. Well, into it. I have so I, like, I have a whole routine. Like, dude, like these places are so there's so <laughs> there's so many good looking, active, fit people there that are wearing even better active wear. Like, oh, like God, I, yeah. I don't even know where they buy it. And so there's always this point, like where I reach in class where I'm like, okay, here's the point where I'm gonna like whip my tank top off and throw it on the ground and complete the workout. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, nobody cares about me in the class. Like I'm just like the guy in the class, basically, in, in the in like this hot yoga class where it's just like, yeah, 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 you're you're a disgusting mess of a person. Like you do not you do not belong amongst the beautiful. Well, I mean, I guess is there a part like so? I mean, you're married now. Is there? I feel like going and doing yoga is always a place where maybe you might meet somebody. So, so now that you're married, maybe that ultimate warrior shirt comes back. <laughs> you're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do yoga. You know funny I'm not like shopping for, my wife was definitely like, she's of the mindset of like, we need to get rid of these crappy old like uh, clothes that we work out in and stuff like right. that. And, and so she like, she would, I don't think she wants me to look like a piece of shit. I think she wants me yeah. to look like the opposite of that actually right, right. too. Um, but to, even to like go onto that too, we, we both go to this place and we've been going there long enough that now, like they know us there all mm-hmm. the teachers know us they're all just like very friendly but it's also like the the funny thing about like that whole program and i don't know if other workout programs are like this this is the only time i've ever like gone to like a gym you know mm-hmm. um the what i've noticed is that uh i lost my train of thought i'm like still sweat brained right now from uh, how long was the yoga today oh wait so so it, so it's an hour long and uh-huh. it's super intense Everybody goes into the room, like, you'll see all, like, these amazing, like, athletic, you know, like, people who are clearly, like, LAites, you know? And they'll walk in there, and it'll be like, oh, man, like, this is, like, the most beautiful people that you'll ever see. And by the time everybody gets out of there, everybody's sweaty and Mm -hmm. gross and disgusting Empathetic. So it just, doesn't even matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter. It's like a, even if you walked in there, like, oh, look at this, like, attractive person. I'm going to talk to them after the class. Like, no, you're going to feel like you're going to throw up after the class. <laughs> yeah, that must smell really bad, dude. I had I had a moment. It, this was like uh, a couple weeks ago. I, you know, like I told my wife about this too. But like, you know, I walked out and like there was a girl there and she was just like, man, you look really cool. And I like I hadn't like shaved my beard in a really long time. And I was like, at this point, even like now, I would still just be nice to that person, even though like I'm like I'm clearly married and everything. But I was like so destroyed by the class. I was like, I might throw up. And mm. she just kept talking to me. I, I hate that. And I was just like, but she's being very nice mm-hmm. and complimentary and all this stuff. She's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a writer. And she's like, oh my god, like blown away by it. It's like clearly you don't know that many writers, I guess. <laughs> but like, but and she kept talking to me. And finally, I just had to be like, hey, I gotta go. I'm not feeling good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't feel good right now. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I'll see you around here sometime. Dude, when you when you need to throw up and, and you're in an, un, like, I'm trying to think because it's happened to me before. Like, uh, and so, and you don't want to talk. No. Uh, because if you start talking, you're going to throw off. Whether Absolutely. it's nerves, whatever it is. Like, if you're ever, like, talking to someone at a party and, like, you want to keep it down. Especially if it's, like, a girl or something. Like, this happened to me at a New Year's party. I like I was talking to this girl, but I had to throw up. Yeah, and like, I, so I, I. But you don't want to do it because then how the fuck do you walk out back out and I can continue this conversation? There, the conversation's done, especially if you're somewhere like I was there's, without access to like Altoids. There's no way. Like it, it's just like you you are at the whim of your body at that point. <laughs> like really there's nothing are. you can do. It's so true. It's the it is a it, it, and you know like the thing is is like I you know it, it's been a long time. I feel like. 
where I was like at a party and I needed to throw up and or, or, or in a situation like that. It just doesn't happen the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe I've just like gotten so good at drinking that I don't throw up anymore. But just like I, I, I can't even remember the last time it happened. But nowadays, if it's like if I didn't throw up, it'd be like, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm I'm leaving whatever I'm at right now. If or, if if you had to throw up, yeah, like yeah. In the old days, you'd just be like, "Well, I'm gonna power through this. I'll go find an alley. I'll go throw up." And now I'm like, "No, I'm gonna go home." Ever since I switched over to hard seltzer, yeah. What are we doing there? Ooh. Little feedback. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I took a drink of my Coke Zero and it started happening. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's like the uh, maybe it's the the. Corn syrup in this or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. This thing's been acting kind of squirrely. Is it all right in your, in your cans? Yes, it's fine. Just say it. I've said that one feedback period. I haven't thrown up since, ever since I switched over to hard seltzers. What's that? Why does feedback happen? I don't know. I, I feel like it. Ha- I should know this because I did stand up that like I think it's when it gets too close to maybe if we turn it down. I don't know. I, th- I always thought it was it happened when something like the mic gets too close to like a speaker, but like I don't have a speaker, so uh, it's confusing what I that would know. be. But um, I, ever ever since I switched over to hard seltzers, I haven't thrown. You don't throw up from hard seltzers. No, you don't. Like, you, you also like you know I, I was drinking hard seltzers this entire weekend, um, and I like them a lot. You mm-hmm. know, like I think that there's this point that you reach where it's just like, well, I'm not gonna like drink a <laughs> twelve IPAs. Like I can't yeah, even right, do that. Right. But it's just like there is a quality of them. Where it's really tough to like get wasted on, yeah, no, on you, hard seltzers, and and I think that's the nice thing about them yeah. too is that you can ride on hard seltzers all day long and you, feel feel pretty good, feel pretty okay. You know, like you're, I think your body is still trashed the next day <laughs> right, yeah, from right, it. I right. think it's like no different than if you were just drinking beer that entire time. But I just feel like you know, and and I don't think it's that much better for you. Like you know, no, it's malt liquor. They're really just like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a hundred calories. That's it. And I was like, well, the beer is only like a hundred and ten calories. <laughs> right, right. It's not like you're really, really beating beer out. I will definitely say I hit a point typically where I will drink a ton of seltzers, and then I'll hit a period where it's like I got to drink Modelo for the rest of the time mm-hmm. too. The Modelo is kind of like the seltzer of beers in a lot of ways too. But I just like and, and I you know like we were drinking like White Claws the entire weekend and Trulies and stuff like that. And dude, everybody. Like it, it's funny because you'll see everybody's into it, and then you'll see like the beer diehards that are like almost like the surfers who never ever accepted that a foamy could be out in the water too. They're just oh, like, right. no, get that foamy out of here, get right. that white claw out of here. I'm drinking Miller Lite exclusively. But then, well, that's the thing, and then it's like, but you come at you come at me with Miller Lite. That's that. Well, it's just like <laughs> the, it, the, there's an element of beer where it's just like there's a. I don't know, like this this aptitude that people have where it's like, well, beer is so much better and refined and it's classic. And it's like, no, it's not. Beer was the cheap thing before seltzers. Right, right, right. It was the cheap drink out there. <laughs> no, it, it, seriously. That's what we play drinking games with. Yeah. That's not that fucking no, classic. Dude, it, that's why there were so many wounded soldiers all around, like every single time after a party where it was just like, damn, there's a whole 12 pack or 24 pack of open beers that nobody drank around here. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like with seltzers, there's a, it, the, <laughs> the big difference is that people will be like, oh, who didn't finish the seltzer? 
I'll just go put it in the fridge. And people are fine. And people, I've seen, like, I saw people all weekend who were just, like, putting, like, half-drank seltzers in the fridge. And once we ran out of seltzers, they were going right to those wounded soldiers. Oh, and it stays fresh? No. But I think that people think it does. Huh. Because, like, if you're drinking, like, a La Croix or, you know, a Spindrift or something like that, I will definitely say those keep their bubbles for a bit of time. And I don't know if it's seltzer that does it, too, or not. You know, because, like, I just see, like, a half-drink one that's warm. And I'm like, hard pass. I don't want to drink uh, that yeah, warm seltzer, dude. Like they're like, but people were just putting them in the fridge, and they were like, "Yeah, you could do that with seltzer." I was like, "I don't think you can." I think you're just making an exception here. I don't think I've ever had a wounded soldier uh, fucking seltzer ever. I put those things down. Like I want that thing to the last drop. Yeah. There's no like. That's why you know, like I think there's an element too with seltzers where if you have a koozie for your seltzer, and I don't know if they're just because like there aren't as many koozies for seltzers that's out a there. Thin koozie, dude. I like had that like koozie on my seltzer the entire time. I was like, no, I'm not gonna. There's not gonna be a wounded soldier for me. <laughs> right. the no, that VA hospital is empty. <laughs> there's no. They're, they're not going in there. Um, but uh, going back to Vegas real quick. Uh, uh, we, so the only reason that I stayed up late on uh, Friday was because my friends were on like a fucking heater. Ah. They like could not lose, and I was just like, I was like, I can't be, here. I can't sit here and be the guy. It's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna call it. It's just like now, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and yeah. support you guys. Then eventually, like two thirty rolls around, I'm just like. I got a bit of a second win and just went and took out like $200 and just played a little blackjack. But then they wanted to leave and I'm much like, I got, just got to go through. I got to leave here with something. Cause I was down. I yeah. just put like 200 on black and won it. Oh, I was like, all right, let's, let's get the I fuck mean, that's, out of here. That's pretty good though. Like, I mean, <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. I walked away with like 120 or something like that. I had put in like, I mean, I don't gamble. So like, I mean, I'm just like, I put in like 60 bucks and I walked out with double it and I was like, cool. Yeah, no, see, I'm I'm good at walking away, but the problem is on the walk to away is there's a lot of tables. Yeah. It's tempting to just be like, I'm just going to put this 500 that I won red on red. Yeah. And then if you double it, it's tasty, but then you very rarely do. Yeah. But I did. Um, but I lost like $500, but... Um, but then the next day, like like I was saying, like I'm usually up at seven thirty, going out or not going out. Yeah. And so we got up at seven thirty, and we're just like, we we got to go back to sleep. And getting that extra like three hours of sleep was huge, dude. I, especially for the Sunday drive home. I uh, oh, you drove. I we drove, see, yeah. I, I flew. I didn't realize also when I booked the trip yeah. that weekend that the Electric Daisy Carnival was going yeah, on the God, same it time. Was ridiculous. Um, but definitely, like we had had that whole you know rigmarole with the owner of the house and everything when we left and so we went to the airport and i was like i'm going to the centurion lounge and i'm going to toss back some like prosecco and everything my wife was out of town for like two days after i got back too so it's just oh, like there you go. Uh, damn, ease like, back in she had her dog and everything so i was just kind of like man i don't got to do anything and i got to tell you like i it was probably not a good call to like get drunk at the airport before I went home too because then I woke up the next day and I always take like a day before I got to go back to work too because I'm like I know me and I'm just like I'm such not even a zombie that that's being super kind I'm just like such a bag of shit like that day after and everything like that especially when you've been going for like three days straight no it's always a it's always a delayed it's always delayed by three days. I feel like I have brain damage. No, I just I just got over mine like kind of this morning. Gosh. I'm, I'm still sort of shedding it. Gosh, but and that was still drinking like seltzers. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, that's <laughs> why, dude. And again, that's why 
you don't have a vape either because if you're in that stage where you're still like just kind of going for it and everything and you have that vape it's like you are just like a bag of bad decisions basically you know you are oh i mean i smoked a whole pack of american spirits (laughs) but um (laughs) so that which doesn't help no that doesn't help at all definitely not but i can't help it because you can smoke inside yeah i was like how can i not do this yeah you have to do it you do have to do it like it's it's a rule it's just smoking inside i mean can you imagine i can't even imagine i think vegas like because they they put those tables like you got to walk through the lobby, and then even when you get to the casino floor, it's still all slot machines. Yeah. So you got to hike to get to the tables. Yeah. They don't want you leaving to go smoke. Like, they want to keep you in there. Yeah. They'll never outlaw that cigarette thing. That never. Dude, I'm like, you know, I hadn't been in Vegas for a bit. Like, it had been over 10 years, I think, since the last time. I, oh, but, wow. Well, I went a couple years ago, but it wasn't like a trip with my with my bros and everything like that. Um, and, um, and and I got to say, like, now going there, and I follow multiple, like, Instagram accounts of guys that are just, like, clearly just being funded by the casinos to go in and be like, I'm putting $5,000 into this machine <laughs> right here. And the machines now there, I think it's the same general functions, but, dude, it is, like, more like Dave & Buster's than it's ever been. Oh, you know, it really is. It is just like the, the, the quality of the games is very much so just like it feels like a Dave and Buster scenario. It, no, well, there's a karate kid. Fuck, I saw it. We were having drinks and I look over. I'm like, is that a karate kid Dude, slot machine? And it's like, not like it's just says karate kid. It's got a huge like life size Ralph <laughs> Macchio right there, too. And Johnny. Dude, I, like, I mean, I'm curious what like the royalties are for stuff like that, too, because there's like a Willy Wonka one where they've got uh-huh. Gene Wilder on the machine and everything. Like, I mean, I wonder if these people are like their estates are getting like bank off these. They must. Well, I mean, I, in any writing contract that I've ever signed, it never had uh, section four. Uh, like row one, like if your movies turned into a slot, <laughs> like I've never seen, I was looking at that thing. I'm like, there's no way the screenwriter of karate kid ever imagined that he would have, a slot machine. Like, I don't even know what that fucking, like star Wars I get. Well, clearly like, Indiana Jones kind of makes sense, but like karate kid makes no well, that's sense. Probably, that's probably why. Cause they're just like, well, we're never going to be able to afford the likeness of Harrison Ford for this machine, <laughs> yeah, right, but right, we right. can get Ralph Macchio. No, though. Yeah, for sure. We even though, even, with, even despite the, the popularity of Cobra Kai, he's still, it's still doable. And maybe there was a clause in their Cobra Kai contracts. It might, it might've been. Yeah. yeah it might've yeah. been, but it was so random. Yeah. So random. Did you did you eat anywhere good when you were there? Uh, we went to this steakhouse called Bavette's. Uh-huh. So it, MGM is where we stayed, but then there's Park MGM across the street. Right. The, the strip is very crowded. Yeah. It's very, like, condensed. Like, I feel like I, I thought there used to be, like, a little bit more space between I casinos. Think, I think if you go back, like, 20 years, there were, like... M- n- like mini mini casinos is the wrong way to play it, mm. but there were other spaces like of, of of businesses that were taking place in between. But now it's just like it's just jammed in there. Massive resort next to massive resort next to massive resort, and there's nothing. There's there is no cheap table. There's like yeah, I, that's why you got to go to Fremont. Yeah, absolutely. Like okay, and I, I dude, I was looking at places where I was like. Hey, we got to go like a half mile off the strip, but I think this place has $1 blackjack oh, though yeah. too. And everybody's like a hey, hard pass on that one. <laughs> well, those places are probably rigged. 
Yeah. Like I, we stayed at the, this place called the silver sevens one time, <laughs> uh, not on strip. <laughs> it was like fucking 10 minutes off strip. And it's one of those, it was a casino that, uh, like it wasn't a, um, like a high rise. It was just a one yeah. story yeah. <laughs> hotel. And yeah, I was there. I didn't see one person win. Yeah. I'm, I was that convinced this place was rigged. Dude, you know, what's so funny. It's like, we went down to Fremont street and everybody was like, Oh, I got to do the zip line. And I was just yeah, like, right, right. really? Like everybody here wants to do the zip line. <laughs> What's going on here? I mean, it does look like fun, but I have no desire to really do it. Dude, I thought I was going to have a like, seizure looking up at like that ceiling in Fremont street too. Like it's, it's just intense. like, it's, it, it, it is awesome though too, dude. Like they've really, really taken like taking good care of that place downtown. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. Like I would, if I, if I went there, like my wife is, is very much so like a non Vegas person. Mm-hmm. Like there's just not a lot about it that appeals to her, which is fine. Um, but like if we were going there, I'd be like, no, we got to go to Fremont street. It's like Fremont street is like, you know, it's kind of, I think it's a softer Vegas. It's yeah. like, it's not like, you know, cause like I'm kind of the, probably the same way as you where It's just like, Hey, I'm not trying to get into some like high dollar nightclub right, situation. Right. That's not what it's about. It, it, that's not what I want to spend my money on there mm-hmm. too. But Fremont's kind of got everything. And you can even like, you know, the, the one thing I will definitely say that I was hoping for in Vegas that I didn't find, maybe it was just in my mind. I was like, we got to find the world's biggest taco. And I started painting like this picture of a, like this legendary picture of the world's biggest taco to everybody that was mm-hmm. at this bachelor party. And they were all just like, well, where is it? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that really a thing? I don't know. I just, Oh, you just made it up. I just thought like a place like Las Vegas would have something like that. (laughs) You would think, but it's just like, but you know, but the, but the reality is, is like, again, like Las Vegas is not really trying to sell you like Whataburger. They're trying to sell you like a $40 hamburger. Yeah, no, that's true. We went to a place called cut. Uh, I think it was in, I can't remember where it was. It was some like Wolfgang Puck steakhouse. And the reality is, is like, Hey, it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Probably nothing special compared to any other place. But it definitely, after that, I was just like, everybody was just like, it was such an expensive meal that everybody on that trip was just like, yeah, we can just like go to McDonald's after this for the rest of the time. No, I mean, I, that's the thing about Vegas, about, uh, the restaurant there. It's all like the guy that won top chef season five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fucking restaurant. Yeah. They got like, we went to the sushi restaurant restaurant which is where the iron chef's restaurant like salt bay's got a restaurant yeah like, it's all that shit but then the food's really good and they can't afford to be shitty now we're going to uh so like i it's so funny i just started this new job like uh like a month ago not even a month ago and i've already taken like it has unlimited pto which is awesome i so far it seems awesome but i immediately just because i had trips that i had booked when i was like negotiating to go to work there and everything so i was just like i need these trips to be understood like I, that these are going to be a part of me coming to work here. So I, I, it, it, it kind of sucks because you're starting to work with all these people. And then you're like, anyway, it's been great learning from you for the last three weeks. I'm going to take off for a week right yes. now, <laughs> but I, but literally, so I took off a couple of days for Vegas this past weekend. And then like my wife and I, it's our one year wedding anniversary Ooh, oh, on, yeah. on Sunday. Actually. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and we're going to Hawaii on Friday. We're just going to Oahu for a couple of days. We're staying in Waikiki, but Waikiki is kind of, it's a, it's like a big, it's not a big city, but it's, it's the city mm-hmm. there kind of like next to Honolulu. It's like, there's not a lot of cities in Hawaii in general. And it's a good surf break, isn't it? Uh, there, there is some good surfing and it is like the right time. But it, the reason I bring it up is like, there's a lot of like those same high dollar restaurants that are oh, there and everything. Sure. And I just booked them all for like, you know, cause it's like an anniversary weekend. Yeah, so I'm just like, it. whatever, like, let's just go spend some money. Well, it's, I mean, there's, there's some, there's more, t- oh man. Ooh, both eyes oh, out. Brutal. Ugh. 
Oh, that's not good. Now you don't want to get that in your mouth. This is an odd. This I, I can't tell. It's a slumber party, but these girls seem like they're like twenty five. So is it? Are we sure it's not like bachelor party? Maybe it's like a like like high school reunion status. Or and something. who booked this Airbnb? Like in the woods, it's all rat. Yeah. <laughs> now these they're in pajamas. <laughs> I'd love to know what the occasion was for this slumber party. Um, oh, that's just, why would you book that house? Like, where are their cars? <laughs> um, yeah, and just casually just this got attacked the, with a guy with no eyes. This is the type of Airbnb situation where you get there and you complain, and the host or whoever, like, the property management company is just gets you another house to stay in. You don't stay here. <laughs> you complain, you're like, you hit up Airbnb and you call them and everything like that. I but uh, back but even go back to Airbnb <laughs> is I, I I'm so loyal to hotels yeah so loyal to them I, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with Airbnb and having an Airbnb is, is a genius idea yeah yeah but because people just love them but like so but like so you got you have it in Big Bear yeah so you live have, in L A so you're never the risk of you ever going up there is and it, like interfering is not on, no, on so, the table so the rule is in I don't know if it's Los Angeles or California but the rule is that you are not allowed to legally be the property manager of a place that you own if you're over 100 miles away because you have to be able to respond in a suitable amount of time if you're the property management you know individual or company mm-hmm. or whatever to any complaints that are coming through that haven't been said. I would always suggest that everybody gets a property management company to do it, despite the fact that they do take some of your money. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine having to deal with these assholes who want to complain about every little thing? And and dude, they will tell us like about the people, like a guy, a family came to stay there and you could tell they were like the second they got there, they were complaining. And it's one of those things where it's not cheap, you know, getting an Airbnb. And that's the other reality of these things. And hotels are a little bit this way too. And I think it's like, it just happened at some point because I don't think it used to be this way where there would be like, like, well, this is the charge for the room, but there's also the cleaning fee that's now attached to it. Right. There's also the taxes. There's also, there's all these other surcharges that come in. So you're running like an Airbnb up a big way. You'd say you're running my place and it, you know, it looks good. It's like, oh, you know, whatever the amount is per night. And you then you go out to the, to check out or to like pay for it. And it's suddenly almost doubled in cost. If you're only staying there for a night or two, right, that's right. why it's like staying at an Airbnb doesn't make sense unless like you have a family. Yeah, right, right. You have, you're staying there for a week. They have a washer and dryer, mm-hmm. like where you can just take care of that stuff because then that makes sense. Like where, but, it, but again, it's like, I'm like you where it's just like, no, I'd rather stay at like a nice hotel. <laughs> and I don't even mean like a shitty hotel. I mean like a nice hotel, mm-hmm. even if you had to go out of pocket a little bit more and everything, just the service, the treatment, the, uh. the, the access of nice things that are just there. Like, like we've stayed at nice stuff hotels now where it's just like, yeah, we uh, kind of feel bad because we didn't leave the hotel for two days after we got there. It's yeah, it's easy to not leave. It's so damn comfortable. Those sheets are so crisp and clean. Yeah, that TVs. It's a TV that you don't need an instruction book to oh, figure dude. out. And not only that, dude, like, <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> those those Airbnb TVs are usually like. Uh, it's got an Amazon Fire Stick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you seriously, gotta, you got to log into all your own accounts and everything. So we have an Amazon Fire Stick in it, and I can always tell, like, man, somebody's staying at the house right now because they rented like School of Rock for some reason, <laughs> even though it's probably available on like at least two of the streaming things that we have hooked up. And I've just kind of like bit the bullet on it, where it's just like, yeah, people are going to rent stupid movies, and like I, occasionally they'll rent something where I'll be like, oh damn, they rented Clifford with like Martin Short and Charles Grodin. Oh, that, 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 your next trips on. 
I'm like, yeah. he's like on me. I'm calling up the property <laughs> management company. I'm like, yeah, give him a hundred bucks off and tell him why. Tell him we love Clifford. It's too. a great movie. It's amazing. I, I, we, you know, Clifford was one of those movies. I think it was when it came out. Um, it came out in like '94, but mm-hmm. it was a part of the Orion bankruptcy, basically of the studio Orion. Right. Yeah. And so course. it actually was supposed to come out in like '91, along with like RoboCop three and a bunch of these other movies. But it was just all these movies got massively delayed. Most of them didn't make it to the theater. Clifford just got dumped straight to video. I think at a certain point, maybe it came out like for in select markets, but like. It's not like Clifford made anything at the movie theater. And it's like, if you go watch it now, you'll be like, what is this? <laughs> right, but right. I will definitely say we watched it. We, dude, we straight up, we rented it nine or six, nine or 10 times, you know, like, like just from like our movie max or whatever the video rental mm. place was. It was like our family's favorite movie. Oh, growing I, up. I mean, I love it. Now I'm just like, dude, we should have just like stole it and just paid for it at that point too. But dude, I, I'm the same way. And I've like shown it to people recently and it's a little, you know, it's like, there are a lot of people who love Big Lebowski. I like I, I love Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. and and you love it so much, you don't watch it for a while. You tell somebody about it, you go watch it with them, and you're like, oh damn, the movie has actually aged to even to me since the last time I saw it, and I love it, mm-hmm. dude. I hadn't seen Clifford in like 15 years, and I put it on for my wife <laughs> who'd never seen it, and she was just like, what is this demented? <laughs> well, also Martin Short is playing what a 10 year old. He's he's playing a 10 year old, but then all the other people that are in it, it's like Dabney Coleman is the bad guy, and he's like a sleazy bad guy. Even Charles Grodin is like, dude, Charles Grodin has been passed for like 15 years, like he's uh, he's been yeah. gone for a long time, right. and it's just like, and it, and the thing is, like now when somebody like you know, my wife is seven and a half years younger than me, she doesn't. Know who the hell Charles Grodin and she's like who's this right, weird right, right. guy playing Uncle Martin and <laughs> right. she's like why is like you know, like it, 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 she knows who Mary Steenburgen is she knows who Martin Short is but dude it was like she was watching and it was like this movie's like pretty fucked up and I was just like yeah it's pretty awesome it is demented but it's so good and but like they they don't like I love did they go out to to kids for that role <laughs> just like you know it'd be great for this well you know who's in it actually too is uh ben savage uh like uh, fred savage's younger yeah, brother yeah the boy, the boy but, Corey but, matthews but before but before well before boy meets world oh, though right, too right. I, I think it's him because he's definitely he looks uglier than he was when he was on that show like in a little bit more afro-y and fat mm-hmm. um but it, but it, like just he's in it there's a couple of the people like that are in it and if you watch it now you'd be like oh yeah like they're like that guy's from curb your enthusiasm or something That's like that right. but it did overall it's like I mean I would watch it but there was there's no they, they never acknowledge that he's definitely not his age he's no. definitely like a man no like I know Martin Short is small and like he looks young but he, like, but he was like 45 <laughs> when he made that too like Martin Short's like not some spring chicken at this point like I mean I'm pretty sure he's like in his 70s you know that's I, but that's what's great about that movie uh, is it's just like yeah he's a kid yeah but it's Martin Short yeah it's, it's a pretty good movie if anybody like listening has never actually seen it it's like it's time to like no this is this is a very a Clifford I have a big Clifford audience oh nice nice <laughs> sure no that was a run of uh, Charles Grodin movies where he like he this it was kind of the same character like taking care of business yeah uh, Beethoven, Beethoven and then Clifford his his two like really quiet movies are Rosemary's Baby and Midnight Run oh yeah every other movie he's just angry screaming like can't catch a break yeah it's kind of like whenever you see like <laughs> it's like to a lesser extent but it's like when you see Robin Williams in a dramatic role you're like oh it's gonna be this version of Robin Williams <laughs> yes. actually 
But uh, I, I mean, I love Grodin. He's have you ever seen? You've seen Midnight Run, right? Yeah, God, yeah. that movie's so good. The um, I, I you know I, I'm I don't think I, I've seen Rosemary's Baby in a really long time though. Too like I think the last time I saw it actually was at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, mm. like back like 2014 or something like that too. And even then, I'd probably only seen it one time. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is great. It's not a. It doesn't have great rewatchable appeal. No, it's just like it's slow and just like. I mean, it's it's scary, but like, um, I mean, it's not like fucking watching summer school. It's a, it's very interesting <laughs> now because I feel like there's a lot of entertainment that's created now where it's like a one view, and I'm never going back. Yeah, exactly. Like even like Succession, beautifully written show, amazingly acted. I don't think I'm ever going to go back and watch Succession ever again. It's just I don't, it, yeah, I don't think I will either. It's too it's too dark. There was another one. I can't remember what the name of it was. Uh, Triangle of Sadness or whatever mm. it was called. I don't know if you watched that but one. I haven't seen that. A very interesting experience that I would never watch again for the rest of my life. And it's not like I'm like, oh, it was bad. I didn't enjoy it. I was thoroughly entertained throughout the duration. But I was also just like, once it was done, I was just like, yeah, I've never come back to this ever again. Well, that was me. So I saw Raging Bull last night. Yeah. Uh, at the New Art down in West L.A. And I hadn't seen that since... I was maybe like 19. Yeah. Because I had it on, on DVD. Like, I was really into like great movies, great classic movies when I was younger, but I didn't really understand what they were all about. Yeah. I just kind of liked having it. was also it. nice to have it in your collection. It looks good on a DVD. It really did. It really did. In school when you're trying to like make friends. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really understand the movie when I first saw it. And last night, I'm like, well, the movie's great. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. But like, I think while I was watching it, I was like, yeah, even though I, when I was young, I didn't quite get it. I was like, it's kind of like a one watch. Yeah. Even though it's amazing. And Robert De Niro is amazing in it. Like, I was like, I'll probably never watch that again. Yeah. And then I I came home and I was going to watch, have you seen that show Jury Duty? Mm -mm. No, no. I've heard of it though. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really good. So I came home ready to watch that. But summer school was on. I just mentioned summer school was on AMC. I'm like, I can wait till jury duty tomorrow night. (laughs) Summer school is like my number one rewatch. That's awesome. And I'm pretty sure like his house in that is right is he's right on the beach in Marina del Rey like between oh, nice. the between the pier uh between the pier like by Hanano yeah and um I'm trying to think what, like between that and like um Windward yeah like that stretch he lives right on there and I'm like man like that would be so, his house looks so great that would be so amazing I was like what am I talking about? I had that yeah. when I lived in Venice. Like, you know, so he funny. literally lives at like the place Brandon and I lived. We in. were we were watching. Let me rephrase this. I was watching Valentine's Day with my wife, like which is like one of those like early like two thousand ten yeah, right. ensemble Ashton Kutcher movies, and George Lopez is like his pal for some reason in it. And they were having this argument, and I was like, "Damn, it looks really familiar." where they're at right now and they're literally parked behind my current house oh, that, yeah. like on Strong's which is like the, you know, one of the side streets you know it's kind of like the speedway is, you know on the other side of Pacific basically right um, and and dude like and, and we were watching it and, and you know they go down to like by the pier you can see Hanano's you can <laughs> right. see like Mercedes the Whaler you can see all these places bro we've put on another movie like a couple, I can't even remember what the movie was it was a couple weeks later, and it was a movie from the 80s. And Hanano's was there. Oh, I'm and sure. And Mercedes was there, and The Whaler was there. And, dude, like, they had, like, the same signs, but everything else was, like, that dilapidated old look and everything. Yeah, exactly. And it's the one quality of 
you know, we even mentioned it just coming up here, just like, you know, so much of your neighborhood has changed over the last couple of years. And it's still like a lot of the same people, of course, and everything and a lot of the same grit. You know that that I think is what what appeals to you in some way in, in moving to a place like this, um, but like there's definitely a quality of it now where it's just like I kind of have stayed down by the pier because like the Venice that area by the Venice Pier. If you go down by like Windward now, mm-hmm. I mean, you know Windward is you know for anybody listening is like that main area of Venice where the Venice sign is that everybody takes yeah, their stupid right. pictures right. and everything. And back in the day when I moved there, it was like dirty and gross mm-hmm. and awesome. Now when you go down there, it is like Gran Blanco and Bells and like all these like places white. where it's just like. Dude, oh my god, I forgot to be, I wanted to bring this up. James Beach closed. I know, I saw I saw, I saw that. I couldn't believe it, That's, man. What what happened? And so they so I I literally my the, across from there and what used to be called Canal Club, yeah, of course. which is now Ospi, which is like a high dollar, you know, kind of like Italian food bar scene and everything, but my wife loves it, so we go there on occasion. And so we went in there and I was walking down to meet her and some friends there and I walked past James Beach and the sign wasn't there and it was all boarded up and uh, I walked in there and I literally started talking to the to the host and the other people that were there and I was very animated I guess so my wife came over and she was like is everything okay here <laughs> like thinking that I was like starting a fight with them and I was like James Beach closed so for, for all my listeners James Beach is where Paul Rudd and Siegel go and I love you man yeah it's a pretty iconic Venice Beach bar and the best thing about Canal Club is it was a sushi restaurant yeah. across the street. It was, they were they were so close to each other that was like great. you could bop back and forth and everything. James Beach also was the type of place they had like that ventilated outdoor area so you could smoke. Oh yeah, kind of like you, you were indoors ish. Yeah, and you could kind of like I mean you could smoke in there and everything too. It's just it, I, I do not think that will remain when and, and, and we, we we went there a couple years ago too and and again like my wife hasn't been in Venice as long as I have so like she's definitely not she doesn't have the same allure to some of these places. Yeah. But it's like when I took her there, she was like, I don't get this place at all. It was not good. And I was just James like, Beach. Yeah, but it was also just like, well, you're not supposed to eat there. Yeah, but sh- but also she didn't see it in like 2013 no, and it was just no. on fire. Like, it was just like there was a real golden period. <laughs> wow, shout out to this guy, no mask. He's just walking around with that fucking drill. <laughs> like this, I, I'm going to show you who exactly I, who I am. I wonder how much that drill actually weighs. Because it looks like a pretty big drill. Oh, look at this camera work. Yeah, this guy's a freak. Like, usually these guys would be way better if he had a mask on. He's just this, like, fucking... Looks like like a, just a mechanic. Also, I don't know if anybody has ever taught this girl how to run. Going right through the door. Uh, uh, like, why? Those. Why would you stay right... Why would you still <laughs> stay right there? She's like Miles Dyson, though. She's like, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Oh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, he got her. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's toast. Unless she put, like, a jar of jam right there. That's very possible. Ah, she might have. See? Clever. Yeah, Welch's. It's a little contrived. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, but the best thing about the the James Beach uh, Canal Club was the Canal Club was always a place because James Beach could get a little hairy. Yeah. It could get a little crowded. Like, if you just threw up. You could always just be like, I'm just going to go catch my brother Canal Club, have like an Amstel light, like grab a table because there's no one over there. Yeah, yeah. It, especially at that hour, too. And I remember there was a time when like Gordy and Jeff were going over there and they had a bet. They were like, let's see who can like kiss this bartender or whatever <laughs> on the lips. And it was like this short dude with like, and he would always wear these glasses where there was like one tinted and one non-tinted. And I, 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 was, I think I remember that. And and I remember they went in there and they both just kept kissing this dude on the lips. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> back and forth. Uh, they're probably on just, Molly. They must have been. <laughs> they must have been. But I was just like, I remember that was always the point where I was like, I got to order some mouths and get the hell out of here. Or like, go pick up some fried rice on the way home. Yeah, that, it would, that was, those are the glory days. Yeah. And now uh, tech, the tech energy just permeated through Venice. Yeah. yeah and it, that's, that's a stuffy energy. It, it's a big, it, it, it is for sure. And what's funny is like now, dude, the tech in- industry has gone through like so many mass rounds of layoffs and everything where it's just like, are these guys even still around anymore? <laughs> yeah. Well, like is tech still down there? I, I do, couldn't even tell you. Like, I mean, they took it over, but now, I mean, who, they're always taking, they're taking everything over. Dude, I, well, so, so back in the day, Snapchat, um, I think it was Snapchat bought up that whole street. That's like adjacent to, um, adjacent to windward. And they, there, there had formerly been a bar there called Nikki's and all this yeah. stuff. And they bought up like that whole street that basically went down to like big daddies, you know, on the, on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've vacated it since then big time. Like they vacated all the places that they owned. Like, I mean, I think that energy was there and I think it's still there, but the reality is like most of those tech places, everybody's been working from home for like the last three years. Now, yeah. Too. Right. True. Like, I mean, they've been trying to make those people go back to work and they're just like, you either got to go back to work or you're getting fired. And all those people are just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not, <laughs> not going back to the office. That's ridiculous. Like even like, dude, like even like, like I was, you know, left Disney like a month ago. And one of the big reasons was they were like, Hey, you got to start driving to Glendale again every day. Yeah. Fuck that. And I was like, no way. Fuck that dude. Yeah. Well, couldn't they at least be like just three days? Well, so they were starting off with two days a week with the intent of going up to four days a week, like this summer. And even that I did it a couple of times again, dude, I did that drive for seven years, like every day. It's a tough drive. And I was just kind of like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm never, right. I'm never doing that ever again. If I, if I can, and even like, you know, I just got like my job at Walmart actually. Yeah. Right. Let's get into that. Yeah. But uh, like, in, uh, like not at a Walmart, but for Walmart, of course. Um, although I would love to That'd be amazing if it was at I, Walmart. Hey, I've been telling people like, yeah, I got a job at the Walmart. They're like, and <laughs> it's a big difference from being like, yeah, I do uh, work for the Disney parks. And it's like, yeah, I got a job at Walmart. But are you writing like, the commercials so so it's a so it, walmart is a massive massive Huge. company i had no clue like you know, like so i left disney just because you know disney was is going through mass rounds of layoffs right now and like like all these entertainment and tech companies they're all dealing with the same shit and and i get it i get where it's at because they've been like everybody all these places got super bloated during mm-hmm. like the pandemic and everything or probably bloated before that actually right. too um and now they're finally looking at their books and they're like hey we're spending too much money or Seriously. better yet we're not making enough money right. you know they're still profitable but they're not making enough and so I had to hit a point at Disney for, you know, and I went through that whole pandemic period there where they're basically just like, you had no opportunity for job growth. You had no opportunity for anything better to take place than what you were already doing. But you're also going this weird period where like, we got to work extra hard because the company's in bad shape right now. Mm-hmm. So you're working like twice as hard as you did before, but you have zero opportunity to do anything. And then even when you bring it up, they're acting like the kind of reactions, like, how dare you how dare you ask for something for yourself in a dark time like this? And just Oof. like, and then, and then it would just be like, well, sorry, it's not the right time. And I like literally just got to a point where I was just like, I don't want to just stay here doing the same thing. Like yeah, I was right. just so, you know, I'd hit my 10 year mark at the company and everything where I was just like, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm not, they're not going to pay me any more than like an incremental raise and everything like that. Meanwhile, I'm seeing, you know, and I, I hate LinkedIn. It's one of like the, it is like the, the stupidest, I, I, like I, I don't get it and I use <laughs> I said, it, dude. I, like I, and, and so like, so, but you know, like I, I just hit this period though where I was seeing people that I, 
uh, am friends with and everything, but just seeing them at other companies and they're not even like entertainment companies and stuff, uh, you know, which is what was like my goal for the longest time was just to like, you know, work in entertainment and like have a job in the industry right. and do right fun shit. Um, and, but just like hit a point where I was just like, these people are like now like EVPs at places, but I just stayed here because I had a job that sounded neat to other people mm-hmm. and everything. So like I, I had a chance to like, dude, I like, I was applying to like places all over. I was just, I was like at that point where I was so getting so crusty and bitter about like be, not getting, having my fair shake there that I was just like trying to find any opportunity to get out the door at, at the same level or higher basically. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, and I don't, I dude, I was applying to everything and then I got a response back from Walmart actually. Walmart is the, LinkedIn. I don't. I can't even remember. I was. Uh, I was applying to everything through LinkedIn. I was applying just like I would find you know job listing through like their own job board and everything. So I applied for. I must have applied for it, but it ended up being like like so. Basically, Walmart's in this interesting state right now. I'm not saying this to like trumpet the virtues of the company. Like it's not the intent, but there. Even during this period of time that had took place probably like 10 years ago where it was like the people of Walmart, you know, where that negative reputation was happening, Mm -hmm. even during that period of time, Walmart was still like the most profitable retail store, grocery store, everything. Have they ever, like, has, has Walmart ever, what is it, in the red or the black? Dude, when they, when they, you're losing money, is that you're in the red? I don't know. <laughs> I should probably know that. I feel, I feel like they've never been that. I feel like Walmart, like... How is that not just like the best stock to it, own? It was very, I, I don't think it's not. It, <laughs> I, I think it is a good stock to own. Um, and, but, uh, but it was funny, like going to work there and, and dude, and I went through multiple interviews and they explained to me what they were doing and they're very much so the area of the company that I'm in is like the tech and creative development side right. of the company that they're really, really focused on. And I like that. What's funny is day one, they go in and like, and I will definitely say I was pretty impressed by operation. I, I mean, I, well, it's such like Walmart. It's Walmart. It's it's so big, right. and it's so broad what they do. I was like intimidated all of a sudden. Um, and so day one, they're like, they hey, like it's it. They started you know really really talking a lot about Sam Walton, who's like the the creator of Walmart. Oh, got it. You know, it's where Walmart comes from, Sam Walton, right? And at first I was a little weirded out by it because it's almost like... Oh, does it start to feel like Scientology? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Sam Walton's the yellow run? But, but basically like this... I like, see what it looks like. It's kind of like that... Um, it, it, it's like founder syndrome where, and companies have this because they're building an ideology. <laughs> oh yeah. Of course. This guy. Yeah, of course. Look at that guy. And I mean, so, so they, the way they're talking about him and everything he accomplished, I was like, this feels so weird. And dude, and then I took a step back and I was like, dude, you just left the Walt Disney company where they talk about Walt Disney yeah, oh, seriously. as if he's like the Messiah. Right. And, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful <laughs> towards Disney or Sam Walton or anything, but I kind of realized like, this is like an alternate universe of the same place that I was to some extent. Seriously, so, and, and there's Walt in the name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I and, and so I kind of like took a beat because I think when you've been working for some place for such a long time too, you're so adjusted to the weirdness oh, of sure. that place and the wonkiness of it that it's normal to you. And so I took a beat and I was just like, dude, get a autobi- get that guy's autobiography and read about like this thing and like learn about the operation mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, I will definitely say it's like you know, so this like I'm I'm focused on like creative development, innovation, new, basically they essentially got hired to assist as they kind of move from where they've been to where they want to go and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like in, in, in trying to 
provide a tangible example of that is difficult because it's also just like so many moving pieces. What I was super impressed by, though, when I went there was um, it's like a greatest hits album of people from other companies, basically. So it's like I'm the guy that they brought in from Disney. There's pe- there's a big person uh, that they brought in for Amazon from Snap. I bet they, I bet they love that you were at Disney though. For sure, but but, yeah. but dude, but like the but the reality is is that whenever I talk to somebody, they tell me where they've been and everything, and I'm like, damn, you've been to some impressive places too. Mm-hmm. And so what I think they're doing is like assembling a roster of like of greatest hits, where it's like where they can accomplish all the same stuff that all these other companies did. But then uh, they have but then they have the windfall of of cash, more or less to continue with it, to do like years of development on a new idea and can afford that like, they're, they're expecting to fail at these things, mm-hmm. but they have the breathing room to actually try to accomplish these things that another company might not. And so a lot of it is just like, well, we have a, they are like, Oh, they have a geographic footprint of 5,000 stores in the United States. Like what can we up level about this experience? So right. I can't really, like, I mean the details of what that is, I don't even know yet, but it's just like, but it's one of those things like being there is like, okay, this is interesting as hell as you know, super, interesting it it pays really well and right. and it's like it also the big clincher was and this goes back to what i was saying earlier i looked at where their office is located and it's a little no it's in playa vista right across the street from my sweat yoga studio actually oh uh, that's convenient yeah so it's just like i'm driving there anyways <laughs> like i'll just go to work i'll go to sweat i'll go home i'm saving time but back to this sam walton thing so literally like how long were they talking about him was it just like going through oh so it's so now i'm out of that phase because what they do and it's actually very very interesting is they kind of you know like the process and i think this is a lot of these big companies too they they do a big onboarding procedure where they tell you all about the operation, mm-hmm. make you take classes and stuff like that, where it's basically informing you on what the breadth of this operation actually is. So a lot of them at the beginning was historically built off of how Sam Walton built the company and everything. Mm-hmm. And there is that big founder lore that they're trying to build in there. Right. No different than if you go to work at Warner Brothers, I'm sure that they're talking about the the, the main Warner Brother or something like that. You know, well, you they, know where we get where I would get it, where Brandon and I would get it is, uh, like, let's say you have a meeting at, like, Ben Stiller's company. Yeah. Or, or any celebrity that has a company, you meet with, like, the production executive. Yeah. And it's all, all they fucking do is talk about, we're really looking at things for Ben. Yeah. We, and they, they talk like robots. It's like, yeah. Ben really wants to do this. Ben's really interested. You know what's so funny? Ben He's wants like, to find his dude, midnight run. It's just like, if you say Ben like that one more fucking time, I'm never watching a Ben Stiller movie. You ever. know, it's, it, what's interesting is that, like, dude, because I spent all that time at Disney, and, and, and the reality is... Like I grew up on Disney. I grew up going to the parks. I, I grew up on all that stuff. And I was fairly even like, and you guys saw me multiple times coming from my work to come here to do the show. And you'd be like, how's it going? And I'm, I'm not reacting positively. You know, like I'm just like, <laughs> you know, that was like five years ago. I remember coming here to do the show. And I remember you asked guys asked me how it was going there. And I was just like, my answer was basically as such. And I remember Brandon responded on a level where he was like, it sounds horrible. And, and I think now that I've left Disney and I've been outside of it, I've gone to another company and seen how dialed in their operation is comparatively to Disney, which is not like a poorly run company. I mean, despite what you may see with all the layoffs and all the shit that they're going through right now in the media and everything like that. But like now having been distant from it, I'm like, uh, kind of like, it's like when you like leave your cult and you're like, Oh, I was in a cult. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, but it seems like you're in another one. 
you know what though? But like I, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to have like been in a couple of things like MITT and some stuff that are like pretty much cults. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, I'll go along for the ride. I don't know. I feel like Walmart. It's just it's not surprising they have it so dialed in. I'm you know like and, and what's so funny is is like everybody. <laughs> Everybody's working at the LA office, and then I'm like, it's just like, when's the last time you like, where's the nearest Walmart? And everyone's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's not one well, in LA, really. Walmart didn't they get a lot of shit for like, or was it, was it Walmart or Amazon? Who they they get a lot of shit for like getting rid of the mom and pop store? I, I it was it was probably both of them. But like the thing about Walmart, I think, I think Walmart got it for getting rid of the mom and pop store, and then Amazon's getting it for getting rid of Sears and Kmart, basically. Oh yeah, right, right, right. But but I mean I look at I look at Sam what's his name Sam, Sam Walton. Walton yeah he looks like I mean that looks like a pop yeah <laughs> it yeah looks like like Walmart is well, so, Walmart so like, when was it started so their store I, I I don't know the exact history of it but their store was basically 1962 dude it was like it was started as a local store that's, like, that's the like, thing but so Walmart you know, like the whole philosophy of how he kind of operated was like he's not going to a big city to make a store there's plenty of stores there he's going to places where they need a store it started as a mom and, and pop so, store so a lot of these mom and pops that got have been put out of business by a, a Walmart a Target a Kmart whatever a Gemco whatever the store was at, mm-hmm. at that period of time because it's not like this store is a new concept. The store has been around for a really long time. Sears, you know, all these places put out tons of people out of business. But the reality is, is like th- these places got put out of business because they probably sucked a little bit <laughs> or they just didn't offer, like they didn't have enough stuff where it was just like, Hey, like this is a poor area. These people are trying to get by and they can't even like go get like friggin' Tylenol from your place. Cause you ran out. Well, like, it's like when Kramer get, goes in the mom and pop store and he's just like, Oh, you got a lot of wires up there. In the ceiling Cause he gets a nosebleed. And, and it's like, you know what? Mom and pop, you're at, you got a fire hazard. Like, you, you don't you don't know how to run a fucking business. Sorry, and now sorry, you guys. know. And the reality is too, if you find a mom and pop store now that's still going, that place is legit. Yeah, no, the cream rises to the top. Like for, I mean, it just does. If you think about like local restaurants that have managed to stay in business, as tons and tons of restaurant groups have poured money in all around them, right? And they're still going. That's why even like you know we're mentioning like Hinano's like and in other places like that, it's like hey, but they they. They they offer something that a big store sure. can't because a big store could come in and be like oh you can you like create a place that looks gritty but people are gonna know if there's no grit people are gonna know <laughs> if you're cooking your hamburgers on a clean grill you right, know exactly that's not what they want that's not why they go to these types of places they did they'd go to a nice restaurant they'd go to a nicer place they'd go to a nicer store and everything well no like there was this bar there was this like punk rock bar in, in New York City that uh, we used to go to called Mars Bar yeah a really cool little hole in the wall and it closed down and now it's like a fucking a, like a bank or something. Yeah. But like, I was like, oh man, that sucks that it closed. But then I, I when I used to go there and go to the bathroom, there's like shit smeared on the walls. Yeah. Like, it's eh, not very sanitary. It's a fucking shithole. It's so funny. It sucks. But like, if you, if you're a mom and pop store, like you kind of got to bring the heat. If you're a yeah. mom and pop store that's selling like coins, or I don't fucking know. Like the reason why I don't give Walmart such a hard time is because I feel like they build Walmarts where mom and pop stores never were. Yeah. Like mom and pop stores are like on Main Street, yeah. like in the town. The, Walmart's like out by the Wendy's, out by the so, truck stop, or yeah, something seriously. like that. Like, I mean, well, they build Walmart in a separate location because they know that other businesses will come to Walmart, basically, like, yeah, not right. necessarily in the Walmart, but around it and everything. And then suddenly they built a new section of the town. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that a lot of times, like, and and the, dude, that's that part of their philosophy is just like, and again, I'm not trying to like trump the virtues of the company by any means, it's saying it, but just like they go to areas where there's not another store and everything like that. 
that where people need stuff. Right. And they build a Walmart there, and all of a sudden, like, dude, and like, I, I, again, here in Los Angeles, nobody's going to Walmart because there's not a Walmart anywhere. Like, you have to go to, like, Hawthorne to find one, yeah, actually. Seriously. Or you have to go into the valley somewhere. Like, there's not a Walmart anywhere close to where we're at right now. No, there really isn't. Like, and so, so Walmart's not even a part of the conversation here. So suddenly, like, you go home or you're around your parents. Like, I mean, my dad talks about going to Walmart, and I'm just like, Walmart? That was always the way I would react. And I was like, dude, because we're in, like, this L.A. bubble where there's nothing even close, where even a Target is hard to find, you know? Like, I mean, you- there's a Target. It's crazy. I was just about to say, like, there's a Target... Uh, on La Brea and Highland, I, I, which is, I, makes no sense. I saw it, that one, and then there's another one on La Brea, like kind of close to like there is, yeah, it, close to Pico. And yeah, Venice. dude, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. I mean, I can believe it because now, well, Target's also like done this whole thing where they've like built like these mini Targets. Yeah, right, right. It's not like going to like your classic Target. Like I worked at Target when I was 16. <laughs> um, I, I literally brought it up on every interview, like while I was interviewing Walmart. It was like, oh, I got I, I worked at Target when I was 16. I hope that it doesn't preclude me from moving forward with the interview process. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. But they, I mean, deep down do they probably did that, like make their blood boil. <laughs> it's like, get this fucking guy out of here. Get this stupid target joke out of here. <laughs> I no, I got, I don't, I, th- th- I was talking to this girl on a dating app and, uh, uh, she was like, oh, I'm starting to work for Walmart. I'm like, oh, good for you. Like, yeah. That seems like a great job. But I feel like some people are just like, eh. Like, I don't know if they think it's corporate or Trumpy. I'm just like, man, secure the fucking bag. Dude, it's like, it's a job. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm now at this point where it's just you're not like, a, You're not working the register. No, like, like if you're it, doing something different, all, like all, you're doing also, creatively. You're, you're kind of like, you're in your 40s. Like you, you're, you're in the middle of your like career, you know, like your career realistically, if you're 40, you know, as, as writers and as creatives, the reality is your career can go as long as you want it to, as long as people are willing to pay you. And, but there's also a part of it where it's just like, well, you kind of owe it to yourself at a point if you're working that corporate ladder existence and everything to make as much money as you possibly can. <laughs> right, right. Like, that's what, like, you know, much allows you to go do all the other shit dude, you want to do. It's work. And yeah. you know, it's, it's so funny because like, you know, even when I was at Disney, you know, like I was training a lot of kids, you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, young 20 somethings that are joining the workforce and I'm like, you know, like this is like your dream job and I get that, that you landed it, but this is more of a job than it is a dream and you need to like learn how to work. That's what you're here to do mm-hmm. is to work. And it reminded me actually, there was this clip. So this is like early 1990s, you know, WWF. It was a backstage clip of the ultimate warrior. And what had happened was when the ultimate warrior, um, may he rest in peace. Uh, of course. When he was WWF champion, he won the championship at WrestleMania six. He lost it like nine months later, and that was his only run with the championship. But when he was the champ, they were basically trying to make him the new Hulk Hogan. And he was backstage, and his name, real name is Jim Helwig, um, although he changed his name to Warrior legally so that he could <laughs> still be called that. Um, but when Jim Helwig's backstage uh, at, at an event, a kid asked him for an autograph and he had a bad, like Hulk Hogan was like the ultimate, you know, like guy mm-hmm. that signed everything. John Cena was like that. The rock Austin, all those guys were like that. The ultimate warrior was not like that. Well, he see looks unhinged. He was like, basically like get this kid away from me. Mm-hmm. And the kid ended up being like the son of a big time entertainment executive. Uh-huh. And so he had to film an apology in the character of the ultimate warrior for the kids. And so this is like, dude, I gotta, I gotta send this to you. So it's basically, and he believed that he was the ultimate warrior. He really truly believed that he was this character. He was like, I created it. It's me. Right. Right. And he was like, the ultimate warrior would not 
say this, you wouldn't. And he was blowing up. And this is like backstage footage from this thing that nobody was ever supposed to see. Mm-hmm. And you can hear Vince McMahon off in the distance. He goes, Jim, just do it. It's a work. It's work. And, and, and it's something that really stuck with me because even with the ultimate warrior, even with this pro wrestler who believed he was this person, <laughs> there's an insect man in the background who's like, get over it. It's work. And I, and I've always, that really, it, like I've always kind of had that outlook with work in general, just cause like my dad was a contractor and shit like that, right. where it's just like, dude, this is all work. And it's like, it can be something that is meaningful to you, but it's more work because you need to do it to make money so that you can just live your life and everything. Well, I mean, look, like I, I, I'm pretty critical of like, I want to love every movie that I see, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty harsh critic. Yeah. And like, look, Brandon and I wrote the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard that didn't exactly fucking set the yeah. critic. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a critical darling. But like, what, what, like, all right, I need to fucking pay my rent. Yeah. Like, we get, we got paid pretty fucking well for that. Yeah. And the residuals have been really nice. Dude, it's like, it's, it's, like, and it was a fun fucking movie. Like, it, I, I, it I, also, I, at no point did I act like it was Lawrence of Arabia, but like, you got to work. I think there's an element <laughs> of it. Especially as a writer. Like where all you see is in the industry a lot of times is like the big shots, like the big dogs, the Spielbergs, the George Lucases, the people. And, they, and there's a romantic spin on what they're doing mm-hmm. because they're trying to sell the illusion of entertainment, of Hollywood and all this stuff too. And I, dude, I buy into it because like we all worked in, the, in and around this industry for a really, really long time. But the reality is like most of the people who work in the entertainment industry are working on stuff where it's like, yeah, I work on a go show or, oh yeah, I'm making like these movies for, you know, like for uh, the, the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, like, when I hear people saying that, I'm like, good for you. Like, you got a good job. Like, that's yeah, awesome. Right, like, right, you're right. making stuff, even, even if, you know, somebody's consuming it, somebody's Seriously. watching it, and you're getting paid for it. It's right. programming. It's like, ultimately, it's like, it's nice to, like, win awards and everything like that. But I'd, I think that there's a part of you, and again, I haven't won many awards outside of, like, a couple of advertising awards. But, like, I think there's a part, but even with those, it wasn't like I was like, oh, yeah, I did it. <laughs> right, right. It was just like, oh, really? Cool, I guess. Like, and, like, I remember one time I was talking to Lou Frey no junior he was like a friend of a friend I guess he's my friend too if you heard me say that he'd probably be hurt um, but <laughs> he uh, but he was asking me like what's like have you ever like won something that really made you feel good and I was just like I was thinking I was like I guess like these advertising awards he goes well what would like make you feel good and I was like what, like what would be a big point of pride for you if I think this award is and I was like I guess if somebody told me I was like a really good surfer that would mean a lot to mm, me yeah. you know where it's just like because ultimately it's just like yeah like I, I want I like I want to have accolades and everything like that but what is, is it really going to make you feel great? You know, like, I no, mean, just, like, just when you win it and then, like you if, get, if, then the next day you got to wake up and go through it, go through the whole thing again. If Hitman's wife's bodyguard won like a Saturn award, would you be like, <laughs> hell yeah, we did it. I mean, I'd, I'd have it up on my for, mantle. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. I'd have it out in the open. No problem. But, but, if, but. It won, if it won a Razzie and it may have won a Razzie, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I'd be like, fuck it. I, it's like, I, at no point was I ever just like, oh man. Like, I mean, there's a, a bunch of other movies I'd rather of ours of our good that got made. Yeah, but it's like that. That's the one that it, for right now. That's the one that got made. I'm trying to put some more on the fucking board. I think like, you know. I think even just the fact that anything gets made that you do is like, ultimately it's like we well, accomplish the goal then too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just like you know I like I was on the Price is Right many many years ago, no, of course, and it was like the fact. The fact that I got on, I didn't win shit, dude. I like I I basically got one chance to bid, and I was done at that point. But what but an I was experience! Like, but dude, I got called down. 
Weren't Bob, you the I, last to ever get cold? I was the last one called down on Bob Barker's last show. <laughs> That's incredible. Dude, that to me, it's like you could have, <laughs> I would have blown through all the prize money at that point. I was like 23 years old or something like, or 24 when that happened. And so like now, but, but again, it's just like, I think the fact that something good happens is more meaningful than necessarily like the... If it, you know, it'd be great if these things were successful mm-hmm. for sure. But the fact that they happened even is such a success all on its own where it's just like, dude, that's so much more than so many people do. In yeah, life, no, you know? exactly. For sure. But that's like, what I tell myself at least, but no, I mean, it's, it's only happened a few times where like, it's mostly people in like fucking stupid Instagram comment section, which I never let them ever dictate my mood or yeah. like my state of mind. But I was, just, it was just like, Oh, somebody wrote like, Oh, like, Interesting coming from the guy who wrote him in Twice Bodyguard. It's like, dude, I at no point was I ever acting like this movie was like <laughs> I'm gonna sweep the Oscars. <laughs> like we net, we were just like, hey, we wrote this movie. It's kind of silly. Fuck it, go see it, dude. It was, I love. I it love was that. never just like we we really tapped into something. Like, uh, we did it, guys. <laughs> please, please, please go see this. <laughs> like it's at no point was it ever that. When did that come out? Uh, tw- summer of 2021. Okay, so it was like kind of like right post pandemic movie theater reopening yeah, so like, and everything. Like we didn't get a premiere, but it, no, it was like early movies are open. Okay. And now they're closed again because of fucking writer's strike. Oh yeah. Shit. It literally feels like I was, I, I had this realization today. I was like, it feels like writers are like in a pandemic again. Yeah. Cause we can't do anything. It's so funny dude, because like, you know, the reality is, is like now they're like, Oh, you know, like chat GBT is coming out and everything is going to take all the writers jobs and everything. And it's like, do you really think that this thing is going to be like, yeah, I don't. like I, every single time now when a big tech thing, it's like a ton of hubbub. I'm like, let's see how this plays out. Cause like two years ago, fricking Facebook changes name to meta. Everybody's diving in the metaverse and now they're laying off every single person that was building that shit. Disney did it. Right, right, Meta's right. doing it. They're all getting rid of it. And I'm not saying that chat GBT isn't cool and a great resource. It a hundred percent. No, is. It, it totally is. But but at a certain point, it's just like they're always like, oh, the writers, watch out. Like this thing's going to take your job. It's like this thing is designing great art at the same time, too. Mm. It's designing some really funky, weird, terrifying stuff, too. Right, right. But it's just like if you think it's going to take one person's job, it's like the robots taking over. They're going to take everybody's jobs. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. literally all anyone's talking about is writers. It's it's ridiculous. It is. It is definitely like it. It is the weirdest time to be a writer. And honestly, that was a big part of my decision to pivot away from entertainment for a little bit just to like kind of see what the other side was like from that kind of creative perspective, you know, with that writing background and everything too. But ultimately there was just part of me was just like, none of these places that I would typically have gotten a job like Disney and all these other places are even hiring people. Like they're in like deep states of reconstructing their, like their, their corporate structures and everything where it's like, no, nah, none of these places are going to be safe for a little bit. They're all going to be like in a kind of a, a flux. Well, I don't think humans like when things get too weird technologically. No, I, I don't like things can get quick and like, that's like, why stuff like Google glasses never took off. Never. Dude. Cause people are like, wait a second. Like I like sunglasses, but like I don't need to see my screen over that. And those things looked fucking stupid. There's also like, <laughs> hey, like, we've been looking at screens since the day we were born. Like, there was yeah. TVs and everything. I like, don't need a, it. There's an element of the phone where the, the phone is just a, a transmutation of something that we've already, like, that we've already been, uh, that we're already accustomed to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not like we're, it's not like something funky and weird. It's not like an implant in our eyes and everything no, like that. I, things things get too weird and humans reject it, I think. Like, so I mean, Google Glass, same with VR. Remember when VR was going to, like, take over? Dude, wait, I don't get <laughs> how anybody thought 
thought that was ever going to be something. It's like VR has never not been clunky. No, and, and also you put that thing on, and it, granted, it's really cool. Like my friend has it. You put it on, you play a video game. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But then you take it off, like you, you're like seeing like green. Yeah, for like fucking 45 minutes. It, is, of a it is. It is neat, but it's also one of those things. Like, hey, I didn't get like an Oculus for a big reason though, too, because I did it once. But and my cousin had one, and he was like, well, this is really cool. You got to try it, and it was. We did it. We like you know like use it for like 30 minutes. I was like, damn, that thing's awesome. And then the next time I was going to see him, I was like, can you bring the Oculus? He's like, I already sold it. You've gotten rid of it already. I, 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 that's the thing. I, I, it weirds people out. It's the same thing with like phones. So like everybody, remember that like Will Ferrell sketch on SNL where he like has the tiny, tiny cell phone? phone? Yeah. That was always like the joke. It's like, yeah, probably. But then these things keep getting bigger. Yeah. Well, now, but, but again, they just like they, but, but they have such a great function and everything with the way that they work. Where it's just like, I, I need, I, I like this though mm-hmm. too. I, companies are always like, you know, Disney did this for a really long time where they're like, we don't want people heads down all the time. We want people like to be conscious. We want them to be present in like the parks and everything. Where it's like, but then they dial everything into apps and everything where it's like you have to use it. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, hey, people like this thing. Stop trying to like demonize what it is. Stop trying to say, act like it's clunky, that it's weird. And hey, it is kind of clunky. It's humongous. It yeah. doesn't fit in your pocket anymore. You know, I have pairs of shorts now where I can't even put my phone in my pocket. I have to hold it when I'm walking <laughs> yeah, right, around. Right. But the element is just like, but when I'm in bed or when I'm on an airplane or when I'm just, you know, chilling on my couch, I can, it's a big enough screen that I can use it for whatever I need. I can write into it. I can watch entertainment out of it. I can play games on it. Right. It's like, it's great. I can talk to people and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't need that to change. No, I, just, I know. It's true. Now it can get quicker. Yeah. And, and it's got like more shit, but like it's things like Shazam. Yeah. It's things like that. It's things that it's like things that you wish you would have like yeah. Shazam. Like I wish I knew what this song was or Dude, even just like a concept that you can be sitting there and that you can look up a factoid about something that would be a huge argument that you can cut the argument down onto its knees basically right off the bat. Cause you can look something up. Yeah. It also makes for awkward moments all the time when somebody's telling you something that categorically is false where it's just <laughs> like, and it's usually an older person who's telling you, or it's just like, Oh, you know, so-and-so wrote this. It's and I'd be like, I know that's not the case yeah. and I'm just going to quickly prove it to you and we're going to move along. <laughs> right. So it's, it's things like that or like even a dating app. Yeah. It's just like, what if you could, there's somebody down the street. Well, you don't want to like can meet them. Hey, like imagine if you had like a VR thing and it was like, Oh, it looks like it's a real person in front of you, and they're talking to you. It's like, no, dude, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I like, don't even really like Facetime that much, uh, dude. Me, <laughs> I don't like it at all. Like, there are times that you know, like it always happens. Like, I think whenever you have like friends who have like a, a baby or something like that, those are the ones that you know. Like a lot of times when I'm at my in-laws' house and everything, because like their my brother-in-law just had a, had a kid like a year and a half ago, so like, oh, we want to Facetime with them, and it's very normal. Like older people, I think, are very adjusted to Facetiming because right. it's like the new phone call. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, hey, no, I don't. I don't even want to talk to somebody on the phone right now. <laughs> right. Like I have close friends that I'd never talk to because I'm just like, nah, I'm not into it. It's just like I don't want to talk to them. It, no, it's it's things like so like uh, again like Facebook dating apps, Shazam. It's things that you're just like I like you like you didn't realize that you wanted it, but just like oh I want that. Yeah. Versus like I at no point when I was a like, little kid was I like man I wish me and my buddies that are watching this movie right now I wish we could all put helmets on yeah. and watch the movie that way. Well, dude, <laughs> like, I remember I going. Never like or like a video game. I was like, man, I, I love this. I'm playing it on a TV. I was never like, I wish I had this on a helmet. Well, dude, because ne- like never. There was always. A, I, I think a lot of these activities that 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 you're mentioning though too 
our social activities. And the yeah, second right, you put right. that thing on, it's like, no, you're not even a part over. of, you're not even in planet earth anymore. No, you're not. Like I remember like my cousin, when he still had it, I remember he brought it to like a, a family Christmas or something like that. And I remember he put it on my grandpa and I remember just being like, get that thing off my grandpa. Like, like he, he, he might die in there. Like, Seriously. Like, and, and he didn't, you know, but like, but it, like, it's still just like, no, I don't like, I, 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 I like the social quality. Even like, to, dude, we went down like to, uh, to Mexico recently and we, you know, we went to get down there to go on a surf trip and everything. Surf just kind of crapped out like, you know, halfway through the trip. But we had our, a Nintendo Switch and a couple controllers and we just like ended up just sitting there on the couch having laughs, drinking seltzers, mm-hmm. playing a Mario game or something like that for like two days. And it was awesome. And then we've talked about that quality from the trip a bunch of times since then. And I don't like I'm not a big video gamer or anything mm-hmm. like that. But there was a quality of it was like, yeah, because we were hanging out and talking yeah, and really. like enjoying our each other's company and we could get up and go grab something real quick and come back. It's like that VR thing. I, I, I never understood it. And even with stuff like AR, which is still like a hot button thing where the augmented reality is uh-huh. going to, but I don't, I think even with augmented reality, they're still acting like it's going to be bigger than it actually is. Like when all these companies started their own streaming services, Disney did this peacock, you know, all these things, they did the same thing where they're like streaming is the future. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is a part of the future. Yes. Right, right. But all these companies like wedged their whole future, like wedged a bet on like this being a, a, all of it. And Disney did this and they ended up playing, <laughs> they took billions of dollars of, of losses on this thing. And ultimately, cause it was like, how much money could you legitimately make off of this though? Right, like it's, right. it's, it's finite because there's only so many people with access to internet that can rent this or that can subscribe to your right, service. Right. Like it's literally like they, they, to, from my perspective, it's like do the math here. <laughs> you're only going to possibly make seven, you know, six, $7 billion a year. And you're pouring like tens of billions of dollars into the development. That's like, what do you think was going to happen here? I'd love for the streaming bubble to burst. Cause that's literally why the strike is happening yeah. right now. Yeah. So that's why a lot of these companies have been laying and off, laying people off is because they took a big swing on yeah. something new and it didn't work. Yeah. I mean that it, well, it sucks that those people lost their job, but I mean, that's literally why writers are striking because yeah. this, this shit's fucking, this isn't, Hey, by the way, this, this this you know uh, unemployment period that's happening is happening to entertainment you know it, it's, it's not really happening outside there anymore like the layoffs that you hear about it's just like well that's because I'm in this bubble of entertainment yeah, and everything so it's it's affecting this group it's not happening to manufacturing the same way and mm-hmm. to like you know other industries it's just this one really when it comes down to it and it does suck but the reality is like there's an element of it that I always look at as like well this is the evolution of how things work you know it's yeah. just like shit's changed since day one I'm I'm sure like people really, really thought that railroads were the future for a really long period of time. And they're still part of like, you know, stuff still runs off of that. Right. But clearly we've moved on to other transportation <laughs> devices sure. though too. But so it's almost like the streaming services have become like the new, like, uh, the mill closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mills closed. That's uh, literally like streaming services. Oh uh, yeah. These guys got the black lung <laughs> from working. Uh, they were working on uh, paramount plus. But I, uh, uh, they, you know, what's so funny is like actually seeing them now being like, we got to consolidate. We got to like now Paramount plus is like basically, I don't know if they own Showtime, but basically now Showtime is just part of Paramount plus. That's how you like, you're going to have to subscribe to it. No, it's, there's too much. I always say this. There needs, just needs to be one. Yeah. Someone needs to come in and just take it over. It's like, all right, everything's on here. They need a new, like Ted Turner out there, like they to come back do. in and just kind of rope it all together and be like, we have this new thing called cable that we're yeah, coming out with. Yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> right. I, you know, what's so funny is like, 
like so when I went started working at Walmart and I started seeing how they viewed Sam Walton I had a whole conversation with a couple of conversations with the people about the, the concept of founder worship and and how all these companies do it and immediately I thought to myself damn I really wish I could have worked for Ted Turner like that was like if I think yeah. back on the, like one of those types of moguls that if I could have worked for one that I did, hadn't that I, like worked for at this point definitely Ted Turner back in like the late 80s early 90s yeah he was a good mogul dude he, he was he wasn't a weirdo he, he dressed like a fucking like well, rich guy he in was the a 80s. southerner like, though too true yeah like he was definitely he's like I bought myself a wrestling organization <laughs> yes. I bought WCW oh did he own WCW yeah dude he like uh-huh. he, and he basically like that was like that way that whole Monday Night War thing happens because he bought WCW and and basically, like, tried to put Vince McMahon out of business. You know, probably did, that's how the WWE spins it. They're like, oh, yeah, Ted Turner came after us. It's like, no, he probably just saw an industry where you're making money hand yeah, over foot. And he probably just wanted in on it. And he was a old school wrestling fan from the South. Those WCW shows were like punk rock shows. Dude, they, they were, so, were like, man. Throwing shit in the ring. We went to a show. <laughs> you know, I, I lived in Northwest Florida for until 1997. And we lived pretty close to Panama City Beach. And there was a club there called Club La Vila, and it was like the spring break capital oh, for, for the sure. longest time. And WCW would straight up do shows Bash at the spring. At the beach. They do. A, they would do. They did a spring break show there where the the ring was in the center of the pool. And dude, oh, and, that's cool. and, and we got like a sign up on the middle of the show. This is like before everybody started bringing signs. And my grandpa, on my dad's side, was sick. We made a sign. They said we let Ric Flair and Grandpa Tom. And when the Four Horsemen came out, which Ric Flair was the leader yeah. of, they showed my sign and they showed all of us on TV. And my grandpa saw it. He died not long after that too. Oh. Oh, man. And he, it was like it was like the greatest thing that ever happened to him because he saw his name on WCW, dude. They were they were it was it was so down and dirty. I loved it. Was, it. it was dude. I I went to <laughs> I went to two WD, WCW shows. One of them was at a, like a fairground in Dothan, Alabama. Like just like Dothan, Alabama is not like a very populated place. Dothan, no, I can't even imagine. It is like imagine. it is a place where they had a mall. You know, like a, so it was big enough that they had a mall and they had a Sam's Club. Hmm. Um, and and probably like, it was like the places where Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that started popping up or books a million or whatever the hell it was called. Um, and dude, it was out in the sticks. It was like, I remember we, and there were so many big stars there. And that was kind of when I realized like, this is not a properly run corporate company because like <laughs> you wouldn't have your top stars showing up at a fairground with 400 people. Like right. there's no way the gate can pay all these people's salaries at this point. Well, in WWF was that like MSG. Yeah, I mean, well, they were at all the big arenas. That was the big difference between the two. Is like, and WCW definitely had its heyday moments and everything. And this is a topic for another show because we could do a whole wrestling show. <laughs> but just like WCW, you, that punk rock, it was like punk rock meets county fair. It really was like I, you'll see these old clips and like people throwing beers at dude, wrestlers. Just like, I was like, dude, oh man, so much trash in the ring. <laughs> oh, and now, awesome. now if he did that. Like you would, like it would, they would call riot police. Yeah, you'd be dude. banned. Like they would, they would be like, hey, this is turning into like, a, like, dude, back in the day, like people would run in the ring and the wrestlers would just beat the shit out of them. I'm sure. Oh, that dirty quality though is part of what made pro wrestling great. Seriously, and like the wrestlers now, they're too in shape. Yeah. Like the, the back in the eighty, like the fucking like Arn Anderson. Oh, dude. these guys look. They look like your fucking uncle. They look like they belong at like the Lost and Found, dude. Like they Seriously. look like the guy that beat the shit out of you there because like you you sat in a seat or something like or you talked to his his bar hide girl or something. Yeah, there. I I've I, I've tried to watch wrestling sometimes. I'm like that. Ah, they don't have it anymore. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, like yeah, I, I haven't I haven't regularly watched it for many many years. Uh, it's too sterile. It that's a re- really good way to put it. It's too spit shined. It's too much of a production. 
Yeah, like, right, right. And, and, and the production quality is what draws new people into watching it, actually, because it's so well produced. But that part of it for me is just like, dude, I miss that county fair. I miss the yes, grid, the grid of the grounds of the fairgrounds, man. Even when WWF was doing it, like MSG was still like, there was a grit to it. it well, because it was still like <laughs> run by carnies. <laughs> right and now it's like, right. now it's owned by Endeavor or whatever. Where it's like, oh, right, man, right, like right. this thing, you know, no, no, no bones against Endeavor, of course. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, well, they're a long way off from being owned by a carny, though. Um, all right, got to get in some shout outs here. All right. Um, let's get this song going. You got that in your cans over there? Yeah. We'll shout it out. <laughs> right. I don't have them written down. Let's just go to the fucking meme that I just posted. Go to the. I lost it. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's get it. There we go. Yeah. Right, let's see what we got here. I hope that doesn't go out again. All right. Here we go, guys. Sorry that I missed the past two weeks. What do you want? What do you want from me? Um, hey, shout out. Uh, shout out. Tell Stan to shut his pie hole. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Aaron Murphy's mom. Aaron Don Murphy's mom. Shout out. Shout out. Hey, shout out. M- White Mike Forty. Shout out. Shout out. Hey, shout out to. Uh, hey, shout out. Jimmy Guards. Jimmy Guards. Shout, shout out. out. Hey, shout out. Jersey Dave. Seven eight four. Shout out. Shout out. Hey, shout out. Days of Noah. Nice. Really. Active and it really appreciates the memes. Shout out. Uh, shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the page. Thanks for listening. If you are listening, great song. Hell yeah. Oh, maybe you can help me. Speaking of Shazam, where are we at? I mean, it doesn't matter. I've been, I was golfing like four months ago. Okay. And the new thing at golf courses is, and by the way, have you been to the Penmar? Yeah. That like new restaurant they oh, have yeah, there? Dude. It's really nice. It's nice. But, uh, so the new thing with like, that golfers do is like listening to music while you golf. Yeah. Like what used to be like, like absolute sacred, silence yeah. is now turning into like a little music in the background. And I'm walking up to the hall and this guy's listening to his music and I hear this song and it's, it's a, a guitar outro Yeah, and it goes down, 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 does that sound familiar? It does sound familiar. It, my my mind is immediately going. Is that like a song from Yes? That's what that's what my friend was thinking about this past week, and I've been trying to figure it out for like six months now. And at first, I thought it was Pink. F- at first, I thought it was Hotel California, and yeah. then I was like, Oh no, that's not Hotel California. Then I thought it was Steely. Yeah, I'm like, Is that Caves of Altamira? But then I listened to Caves of Baltimore. I was like, no, because I because it's like, dun, 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 dun. and with that, I thought it was about to go back into like before the yeah, dawn. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not that. Then I'm like, is it Floyd? But it's not. It doesn't, Floyd. It doesn't sound like Floyd. It sounds like something that, like a yes a sticks, but not like one of their one, not one of their main popular songs. But, you know, you know, you know that like I'm doing I'm not doing. I, I know. Job, I know the like... kind of I know the kind of guitar work of, <laughs> right, of right. that era that you're talking about. I can definitely say it doesn't sound like Steely or Pink Floyd to me because I've been back in like a Steely and Pink Floyd <laughs> right, hole right. lately, too. Um, stories for another time for sure. But, oh, yeah. Um, but definitely, um, and it's funny, it, like with Steely, it would probably be like, well, it would be like, ding, 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 ding. Like, it would be well, like some other, I like, thought it was Haitian Divorce. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a great guitar outro for that. It's, but it, it's an outro. You know I what know they it's do? They, there's like a slider, you know, guitar effect that they have on, 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 uh, like a, there wah, 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 is, yeah, wah, like a wah, wah, on ha- a great song, Haitian but, Divorce. Like, we gotta, next time I'm on the show, we gotta <laughs> talk about the Royal Scamp because I, I got a whole, I got a whole show to talk on that, man. What there was a period where I thought I was like, is it the song The Royal Scam? I'm like, no, it's not that. But it's that 
For all you listeners again, I'm going to do it one more time. Somebody will get it. Oh, man. it's I, I, I'm like, what the fuck is it? It's like right on the tip Somebody of my tongue. Somebody will get it. Uh, well, shit. Thanks for coming back. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for coming I'm on. Happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to come <laughs> back, too. Slumber Party Massacre. I was a little underwhelmed by what I saw from that. Uh, I uh, I feel like the some of these '80s re- horror remakes they should just fucking leave in the '80s. Yeah, it's a t- it's a tough it's tough. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But uh, they yeah. should never well, remake Tremors. Like Tremors is sacred. So uh, going all the way back to Vegas, second night we were in bed. I think I mentioned at like ten thirty eleven we watched Tremors, and I'm like, I'd rather have this than like have six strippers in here. No, I mean it's a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> it really is. I was able to see it on the big screen too. You, you last get to year. see that weird scientist girl get her like pants torn <laughs> off because like because the, the barbed wire gets wrapped around it. <laughs> I remember watching it back then, even though I was just like, oh, well, I'm like a little kid who doesn't have access to like any kind of nudity, really. And even I'm not even really turned on by this. And it's weird. I don't even think Kevin Bacon was that turned on by her, but he just had to ask her because she was the only that, For sure. For sure. <laughs> what else are you going to go for? The, the pottery mom? She's prettier. Yeah, she even Reba McIntyre is prettier. <laughs> that movie, uh, so like, we don't vibrate. <laughs> uh, well, she never went on. She didn't do anything after that. No, she got arrested a few years ago. Oh. She, she looks terrible. Now, I can only imagine because she looked pretty terrible then, too. Wait, look at what the fuck is her name? She looks like a she looks like a retired like woman soccer player. And <laughs> like but you gotta see this her fucking mugshot's brutal. <laughs> uh, her name is Finn Carter. But look at this picture of her. Falling on hard times. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to like. I mean, she looks like somebody. I'm. A, I. She actually looks like she would live in that town that Tremors. Like she, like she fits yeah, in. Yeah, now. she does. <laughs> she's just like living on the outskirts, and like she's got a sheep farm. Yeah, seriously, but that movie, guy, same guy that directed City Slickers. Did Tremors? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't realize that. And, and when you watch Tremors, it's like this is like really well shot, and so uh, is City Slickers. Maybe he was practicing all of his shots in City Slickers, so that's why you have so many great scenic vistas throughout Tremors, uh, which there are sure. a lot actually in that movie. I'm surprised when I go back and watch it, I was like, this is beautifully shot. That'd be a fun mashup, City Slickers. Like they do another trip, but it's Tremors. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Somebody get Crystal on the phone. Instead of him bringing home uh, a, a bull, he brings one of the tremors home to, to fucking New York with him. It saves his marriage. <laughs> We're going to end on that note. Uh, dude, thanks for coming back. Yeah. Uh, my pleasure. Sorry, campers, we will uh, get back to the weekly thing. I know I say it every week and then I fucking break my promise, but uh, talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Later.